0: Well, go ahead. It's recording. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Hi, everybody. Hey. This is Emily.
0: And this is also Andy.
1: And this is Madness and Movies. Yeah.
0: Where we... Oh, shoot. We I'm only so bad We still didn't at
1: this. write it down.
0: We still didn't write it down. Where we... we ex- go ahead.
1: Explore the portrayal of madness and mental illness in film. Is that what we're saying? Through
0: the lens of pop culture, uh, I think yeah, is how I would describe it. Just just in yeah. case we ever branch out from films. Yeah. But, yeah.
1: Yeah.
0: but right now, films. Yes.
1: <laughs> yes. So tonight's film mm-hmm. is a classic. It's Annie Hall.
0: Annie Hall, the possibly the original, the, the, uh, the prototypical rom com. Mm-hmm. The original.
1: Yes. The one and only. And um, it is the week of the High Holy Days in Mm -hmm. Judaism, Rosh Hashanah, our New Year, and Yom Kippur, um, the Day of Atonement. And so, as a result, we decided to do something that's, you know, been considered a classic Jewish film. I think people have argued it's, like, the top Jewish film in general. Have they? Or no, it's... What what were you looking at? That it was, like, in the top five, right? It
0: was... Up there, beneath like
1: <laughs> Schindler's List and The Chosen and stuff.
0: There's um, <laughs> like Schindler's List, The Chosen. Annie Hall was pretty good, I guess. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, but anyways, it's it's definitely up there, considered a Jewish classic. Um, and so I really wanted to do a Jewish film, and yeah. Andy indulged me. So <laughs> oh, thank
0: you. <laughs> I mean, it's it's hard to say no when you you pick something as, as Classic and as, I don't know, solid and good as Annie Hall. Like, yes. I guess my, my point is that this is no great, like, burden for me to bear. <laughs> this, is a, this is a damn good movie.
1: It is. It's really good.
0: Um, should we do plot synopsis? Yeah. Okay. What is the plot synopsis? Um... The, do you yeah, do you want to do it? I'm still trying to figure it out, I think.
1: <laughs> yeah, I wrote a little bit about cuz it's it's kind of out of um
0: It's an asynchronous. Yeah,
1: so it's kind of hard. So I was I was writing some notes about what exactly the plot is. But basically, um Woody Allen introduces himself. As um, a neurotic Jew who is a depressive, and he like makes some jokes about how depressed he is. What does he say? He says, uh, "This is like one of my favorite jokes in the whole world." Um, he says he tells this joke where there are like elderly ladies sitting and like. Does he say explicitly a Jewish deli? I think so. Yeah, a Jewish deli and I they're think like so. they're like, you know, the food is so bad here and the portions are so small and he's <laughs> like, and this is my general outlook on life. <laughs> <laughs> it's really bad and it's miserable and you don't get much time to live it or something. <laughs> um and so he says this
0: direct address to Cameron, yeah. by the way. Yeah. The movie starts with him against a brown wall, staring directly into camera and going, like, Ugh, life sucks and you know, I think I've always <laughs> just been kinda nervous and kinda depressed and just you know, I, I never really figured out what's wrong with me. <laughs> Anyways, here's the movie.
1: <laughs> yeah, he breaks the fourth wall, yeah, quite a bit um, throughout the film. But yeah, so then it goes into his relationship with this woman named Annie Hall, who is played by Diane Keaton.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and basically, the timeline that I have written out is that they meet, it shows them meeting, and they're like, awkward meeting, and then they're dating, like their honeymoon phase. Um, they try to move in um and then they break up then they get back together again and then they break up again so it kind of just follows this like on and off relationship the problems that they have the arguments they have um how yeah she she constantly feels like he doesn't think she's smart enough um-
2: mm-hmm.
1: yeah they yeah constantly yeah and she also feels like he's He's a depressive, he can't have any fun, he's too neurotic. Um, But she herself is also, like, pretty neurotic, I think, which we'll talk Mm -hmm, about. We mm -hmm. get to see some of that. Um, So, yeah, so it just follows. And then they ultimately, yeah, break up and they don't ever get back together. Um, Yeah. Yeah, it also, it goes into, like, his dating history. Like, he's been married twice before.
0: Constantly cutting in and out of flashbacks and, like... Well, but you remember so-and-so, and then they'll have, like, ten minutes of just scenes with so-and-so.
1: Yeah, so, like, yeah, you kind of get a sense of who he is, and she is, too. You you meet her, like, former um, partners as well, and, yeah, mm. he's... Yeah, he's and I think he says this at the beginning too. He's like in his what, 40s, 50s? 40. 40. He okay. just turned 40. Oh, okay, okay. Um and he's like, yeah, he says that he's having like a midlife crisis or something. Yep. And then um yeah, she's she's about the same age. Um probably a bit younger.
0: I got the sense that she was younger.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um definitely. But yeah, but kind of um getting her career started. She's a singer. Um yeah.
0: Mm hmm. That sounds like a good plot synopsis.
1: Yeah. For those of you who are wondering, we will address the elephant in the room
0: that this is a Woody Allen. Film. <laughs>
1: yes, um, I think that is obviously really important to address, and I just wanted to say we will address it. But I think <laughs> we're so. aware
0: of who the director is.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yes, <laughs> and um, yeah, toward I think toward the end we can. Yeah, we'll we'll come it. we'll circle around, yeah. or if it
0: becomes relevant, yeah, then we'll, Whatever, totally. but yes. Um, I I don't know. I think it, this is fascinating to me. This is like the this is like yeah, kickstarts the rom com. Mm-hmm. Genre, and that it was not intended to be that. That it was this was a murder mystery, with no ending, <laughs> that that kind of meandered around the, the first couple drafts and like didn't really land on anything. And so slowly they whittled away the murder <laughs> and just left the romantic scenes. And what you end up with is Annie Hall. And even in like the draft that they pitched, like the 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 final few scenes are just marked as. To be shot, right? Like they didn't—they didn't have an ending. They just sort of were just sort of making up all these genre conventions. They were defining the genre just uh, as they go on the fly.
1: That's like crazy. Okay, so yeah, so like, there was no rom com basically genre ever and then they come along and they're like well we're gonna do the normal thing which is the romance will be this like b-plot and then they're just like screw it (laughs) screw the (laughs)
2: a-plot
1: that's nuts that is so cool so like in of itself like i feel like the film is a little bit mad like (laughs) and i feel
0: like yeah all over
1: I feel like that, like, goes along with one of the themes of the movie. Yeah,
0: no, I think think the structure of the film is very much thematically tied to the content of the film. Like, I don't think you can separate those two. Like, this is a very weird, disorienting, jumpy kind of...
1: It's a neurotic. almost twitchy. Almost it's neurotic, like twitchy. It's yeah. a neurotic kind yeah, yeah, yeah. of
0: style of storytelling and I think that absolutely plays into the characters.
1: Yeah, I think like the final line too is that um he says relationships are crazy, absurd, um, irrational, but we need them basically. Yeah. And yeah, I, I kind of feel like that goes along with the film. It's like Absurd. It's yeah. extremely absurdist, and it's like irrational, and like what is happening. <laughs> but you just like go with it.
0: I think it's. I think it's more than just absurdist. I think it really is. I, I almost like a statement on like. Would I think it's? Much, one of the like key questions I don't know that that I've heard other people ask of like my scripts is like, but who's telling the story in this scene? Who controls the mm-hmm. camera? Mm-hmm. Whoever whoever gets to lead, whichever character has the privilege, the power to lead yeah. the camera and lead the audience's eye has the power in the relationship, has the power in the scene. And I think that it's, I guess it's important that the entire film cuts and jumps around whatever's in Woody Allen's head. Yeah. Whatever happens in that moment. If he's like, well, you remember Susie, cut back to when he's in fifth grade, and it's, and it's this whole whatever scene in his fifth grade classroom or if he's there's one scene where they have an argument they're not an argument Uh, he's he's meeting Annie Hall's uh parents and he he turns to camera and goes these are nothing like my parents my parents I tell you what and then proceeds to let like by almost like sheer force of will or whatever like splits, you know, pulls the movie into a split screen mode, like, like his family just slides across the screen. And now there's two family, you know, whatever Thanksgiving dinner conversations happening on either side of the screen, very much contrasting with each other. And eventually they end up in dialogue with each other. And now the two families are arguing with each other across the split screen. And then it cuts back to Woody Allen. He's like, yeah, you see what I mean? (laughs) Like, that's him. Like, not he, he's not letting anyone else's thoughts in he's not he's he's constantly insisting insisting that we see everything from his point of view
1: mm-hmm. that his
0: point of view is, is mm-hmm. powerful is, is has that much importance yeah that we we need to no, 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 swing everything back around focus on me
1: yeah yeah and like leaning into it as well leaning into the fact that he's shaping the narrative and that he has narrative control and like Openly, I think, in a lot of ways, acknowledging like this is how I'm seeing the story. This is how yeah. I'm structuring it. Like this is me. This is not objective reality. Like yeah. kind of, kind of rejecting this idea of the camera lens as like objective reality in any way, shape, or form, and just being like, no, like this is my subjective experience.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's his yeah. narrative.
1: Yeah, um, which kind of gets into this idea i think the movie is playing a lot with i wrote down like islands versus connection as Mm. a big theme where Mm -hmm -hmm. one of the things that annie hall says to him um when they're breaking up the final time is um or when they like
0: they're not even really i mean they're already broken up and then he flies across the country to just go like like they haven't seen each other months and he's like. You know, I've been thinking about it. We should get married. And she's like, What?
1: Yeah. And she says, like, you're you're an island, like Yeah. Yeah. You're you're totally like self absorbed. Um and, and yeah, I think um I, I think the movie is kind of like yeah, really like making that point that he is he's like very self absorbed.
0: Um I mean I don't know, to, to dig into that, like, they sort of describe it as, she says specifically, like, you're like New York. You're an island. Mm-hmm. And it's very much a point that, like, he lives in New York and she lives in Los Angeles.
2: hmm
0: But then, like, I don't know. Like, they're sort of setting it up as, like, you need to be connected, man. You gotta be connected. But then, like, two scenes later... He's talking to his friend, like, what, in his other friend in Los Angeles and saying, like, you should be out in the park. You should be doing Shakespeare in the park. And the guy's like, yeah, I did Shakespeare in the park. Mm -hmm. I got mugged in the park. And I don't, I feel like there's, I don't know, maybe that's because it's his, from his perspective, there's a, that's him reasserting that, like, nah, being connected is shit, too. It's all shit. (laughs) Everything's shit. (laughs) (laughs) Like, I've, I've been trying to figure out what to make of that. I don't know if you have any...
1: Yeah, I don't know. Um, I felt like, yeah, there was this tension between him. It was making the point that he was, like, alone and, like, self-centered and very self-absorbed. But that also, like, led to him being connected to others, almost. Like, so... And I, I'm not sure if there's enough evidence to support this um, within the film, but...
0: But let's throw um, it out anyways.
1: <laughs> yeah, let's see. <laughs> um so he basically said like she was like you're depressive or something at one point mm-hmm. and he was like well yeah like if one guy is starving that puts a crimp in my whole evening like i can't focus. <laughs> like i can't do anything and i was like that is the most jewish line of the whole film like <laughs> <laughs> you i think there is this jewish idea it's probably in scripture mm-hmm. um or at least in like talmud maybe not torah um there's, there's this idea that, yeah, like so long as there's some suffering in the world, you should not and cannot be able to be completely happy. Mm. And like that's definitely, you probably all know who are listening that um, during Jewish weddings, people break a glass, the groom breaks a glass. and, I think I've heard
0: that.
1: Yeah, he, like, steps on glass at the end, and that's basically to represent that, like, yeah, this can be the happiest day of my life and whatever, but, like, there are still people suffering, the Holocaust still happened, we're still oppressed, the world is still shit, everything is bad. <laughs> <laughs> I'm loving that, like, yeah, you're just, like, you are supposed to remember that, like, you can, like, this can be the happiest day, and blah, 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 you can, like, be in your own world, but, like, no, like, there is a whole (laughs) other universe out there, and, (laughs) and, yeah, and I think it's, like, it is this paradox, then, of both being, like, self-absorbed, but also extremely connected, because it does make you, it's this, like, very depressive thing, right, that makes you, like, um, depressed and obsessive Mm -hmm, about mm -hmm. that, and, like, Um, you know, and, and he's, you can see he's very like throughout the film, very connected to like the Jewish people and this idea that the Jewish people are persecuted, which we'll talk more about. He continually brings up anti-Semitism and like watches films about persecution. Um, and so he, he is, he's like self-obsessed with like his Jewish identity and stuff. But at the same time, that's a very like connected thing. He's like connected to other people and groups that are like suffering, like of Jewish people or whatever. Um, um, hmm. and, hmm. um, yeah. So I, I think it's like both. And I, you know, one of the first things he says as a kid is like, um, his mom takes him to a psychiatrist or a doctor or something.
0: Because <laughs> <laughs> this was the best. It's this is amazing. such a great scene.
1: He, he's like this little kid. I love that actor. That, <laughs> he <laughs> does such a great job. He's, he's like, the universe is expanding. And he's like, so worried about that. And it, it does. His
0: mom takes him in. His mom takes him in because he's depressed and he won't do his schoolwork and he just mopes around now. What's wrong with him?
1: <laughs> yeah, and he's like, he's like, well, and it, she's like, it's something that he read. Like, and she makes it sound like she's she's like buying into this idea of like he's very like self. He won't even do his homework. Like, he's yeah, just, yeah, yeah. He's like, mm-hmm. he, he's all alone Ooh. in his head and he won't do his homework and he's not functioning. Like, what's wrong with him? It's something he read. It's really stupid, you know, and he's like Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. the universe is expanding and he's so worried about that. And so I think even in that you can really see this paradox of like, yeah, self-absorption that he's like, you know, turning inwards and like being depressed and like moping. But like it's because of like feeling connected to this universe that's expanding um, and like feeling connected to like this world problem and very much seeing himself as part of this World that like has this tremendous suffering, I think um, hmm.
0: yeah, that's fascinating I like did not pick up on the second half of that. I did not n- pick up nearly so much on all the little tiny ways that signal that he's connected to the Jewish plight i don't know like i i I saw him watching that movie, and I thought like, all right, World War two documentary yeah, like that's it. Like that's 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 uh, as much as it registered in my head is like, you know, today we have the History Channel. People call it the Hitler Channel, and it's like, huh. Oh, well, I guess people have liked that since there was a Hitler. <laughs> it, it like, did not register that at all as like a connectedness or like a like a awareness of the suffering in the world. I thought he was just kind of like using that. Hmm. Using that as a convenient, like, excuse where he's just, like, whining about anything that'll get him out of trouble. Hmm. That if someone's mad at him, he just whines about something, and he always finds something to whine about until they finally go, like, ah, whatever, you're too much work, and then leave him alone.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think that's, like, part of it, Um, but I also—I think they're, like, playing with that idea, right, that, like, Mm. one— One perspective that's certainly valid is like looking at this character and just being like, "Wow, you whine a lot, you complain a lot, <laughs> you're," and I, I wrote down a, like "victim" a lot in my notes. You're you're a victim. You're like taking on this victimhood identity. Mm. Um, hmm. But at the same time, I think that the film is like playing with how that is very much how Jewishness is perceived, um, at least like pre. Uh, Pre-Israel or pre Zionism. I think Zionism is trying to like depart from that. Um, mm-hmm. But like, mm. yeah, I think I think the European Jew is very much perceived as like being like whiny and complainy and like <laughs> victimy and like oh Jews complain a lot, um, and yeah, I just I love how like at the beginning he talks a lot about anti-Semitism and his friend, He says this line. He's like, oh, anytime someone disagrees with you, you always think it's anti-Semitism. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You're you're always so you're always talking about anti-Semitism. I saw your <laughs> pen
0: fly during that segment, <laughs> and I was just like. I've been so curious this whole time. Like, what insight?
1: Oh, this is like, (laughs) yeah, this is most of my notes that, like, he he talks about, like, conspiracies a lot. Like, there's there's this idea... I think his friend says to him, like, it's always a conspiracy with you. Like, everything is an anti-Semitic conspiracy. Mm-hmm. And um, even with... He talks about, like, the assassination of JFK. and mm-hmm. Not that that ties in with anti-Semitism, but just, like, he's he's thinking it's a conspiracy. Um,
0: everything is a conspiracy. They're coming for him.
1: And that's such a, like like, narrative around Jewishness that, like, oh, the Jews, like, they they think they're victims. They think that the whole world is conspiring against them. They think that everybody's Hmm. anti-Semitic. And, yeah, like, the the film is very much, like, showing that stereotype um, in a lot of ways, but I feel like...
0: Without necessarily presenting it as being explicitly Jewish so much as just...
1: I felt like it was pretty explicitly Jewish. Like... I don't, he's very Jewish.
0: Yeah, he's. Hmm. Yeah, he's very Jewish. I I don't know. I felt like he was Jewish and complaining, not complaining because he's Jewish or vice versa. Hmm. Like I thought, I've, I I read those as separate articles somehow. Yeah. Or it, not? Or Jewish and conspiracy? I guess I uh-huh. that, like the, the 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 whiny the whiny kind of like oh I don't know. Like, I I, I get that. I I see that. I I definitely recognize that. But the conspiracy thing, I just didn't connect.
1: Hmm. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if that, the, like, JFK conspiracy thing. Yeah. I I don't know if that was, like, supposed to be related or not. But I I do know, yeah, at one point, like, his friend says, like, oh, like, you always think that everything's, like, an anti-Semitic conspiracy Mm -hmm, or something. mm -hmm. You always think people are, like, conspiring and, like that's not true or something. Um, And yeah, and I I think there's this narrative in our culture that like, yeah, like Jewish people always think everything is anti-Semitism. They're always calling everything anti-Semitism. They're always yeah, whining and complaining about anti-Semitism. And I think you see this with a lot of marginalized groups like, oh, like black people always think it's racism. And Mm. um, yeah, it just um, like ignores the reality of like anti-Semitism, it ignores the reality of racism that like, yeah, like maybe there are some false positives or, um, I definitely being in the Jewish community, I I know there are definitely times when I see people read things as anti-Semitism that I'm like, Come on, that, that's not really? anti-Semitism. <laughs> that person's criticizing Israel, just like we all criticize the United States. You know, that's not anti-Semitism. But there's a history there and real trauma it, yeah. and real historical events that it have... It comes from somewhere. Yeah, that have, like, shaped this. And it's easy for a, a privileged person who hasn't faced that discrimination to be like, Oh, well, they're just complainy. They're just whiny. <laughs> they're they're victimy, They're mad. Um, yeah. When, you know, when they haven't experienced, like... You know, genocide. That's going to be like. That's gonna set off um, a fight or flight type reaction of like, oh, is is this anti-Semitism? I need to like prepare myself. Do, yeah.
0: Do I, I need to start packing?
1: <laughs> yeah, do I need a passport? Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Like, I, I think that. Um, I think the film is like playing with that. That like you do occasionally, you, you see a lot of like his whininess and it's like funny, it's like fun Mm -hmm. to make fun of. He's like neurotic. He's making fun of himself. And I, I do think he's like connecting a lot of it to his Jewishness, but then you do see like interspersed, like, yeah, these like Holocaust films or like, um, real like intergenerational trauma issues. And like, Mm -hmm. I, I think, you know, just occasional glimpses of that. Um, and so it, yeah, it comes from somewhere.
0: Wow. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No. That's. I think that's the big. That's been the biggest missing piece for me. Yeah, watching this film is. Yeah. Like I. 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 I think it's absolutely that there's there's such a, a shared language and shorthand that I. I've, almost I felt like I was on the outside of an inside joke a little bit. Mm-hmm. We're like this clearly like meant mm-hmm. something very different. To you than it did to me.
1: Interesting.
0: I, I don't know. I think that's. I think that really like like speaks to the craftsmanship, I guess. That it, that it it operates on these very different levels. Like I'm not saying that I spent the whole film wondering or feeling like I was missing something. Like I enjoyed the film and felt like I like felt like you know like I was with it and I understood it and whatever. But then stepping back and seeing you having this whole different. Like, a completely different experience of it. Like, it was the same film. We watched the same scenes with the same words and came away with, like, it worked on, like, two completely different ways mm-hmm. for each of us. And I think that's fascinating and really... I don't know. Yeah. Again, it yeah. speaks to the craftsmanship of it.
1: Yeah. So, for you, the film was more about, like, the relationship and the romantic part.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And his, like... Relationship with his, I don't know. I mean, he used the word nervous. We use the word neurotic. Like mm-hmm. his relationship with his neuroticism, where he's either like, I don't know, wielding it as like a like a cudgel, like hey, you you know you you know me, I'm just nervous. I was just nervous. Um, or he's like, I don't know, like trying to like apologize for it or like back away from it. I guess mm-hmm. it's like, or, or or he's just using it as. Uh, you know, like, like, or he's trying trying to explain it and not really feel like he's being listened to, or like just yeah, his relationship with his neuroticism um, and how that affects his t- string of marriages and relationships.
1: Hmm. Yeah.
0: Yeah. The like, I don't know, like, what is his second wife? Hmm. I think only gets, like, what, one or two scenes? Yeah. And in, in those scenes, they're, like, trying to have sex, and he, like, can't because he's so stressed out about JFK. He's so stressed out about the JFK assassination yeah. that he, like, can't sit down and have sex with this beautiful woman who's just like, Wait, come back to bed. And he's like, but but, Oswald wasn't that good of a shot, do you understand? <laughs> <laughs> And it was, yeah, just sort of his trying to, to manage that and like Annie Hall's trying to like, it's not quite Manic Pixie Dream Girl, but it, she's sort of like trying to like pull him out of his shell and like teach him to live a little. And for a while they do and they have like this, you know, he's kind of nervous and she's like, oh, oh, let me take some pictures of you being nervous. This is so funny. Just hold the lobster for me. He's like, "Ah." (laughs) Um, and then but then other times he's like, I can't do mellow. Mellow makes me nauseous, right? Like she's like, it's going to be a good party. We should go to the party. And he's like, it sounded too mellow. I can't do mellow. Mellow stresses me out kind of thing. Like (laughs) (laughs) just like, like I don't know how it's like constantly this this median this this I don't know barrier this semi-permeable barrier through which relationships happen
1: Mm mhm yeah I I felt like I I really found it refreshing I felt like he did kind of embrace his neuroticism Mm -hmm. like maybe he apologized for it but I also don't feel like he was like trying to cure it like I don't think he saw it as an illness at all Like. Hmm. I think he, like, very much saw it as part of himself, and that was cool. I did absolutely love how, like, and was just totally fascinated by how his seeing an analyst, he had been seeing an analyst for 15 years, that's mm-hmm. what he called it, um, that was, like, so normalized and just, like, yeah, like, I've been seeing an analyst. Um, and I think that is how it is in, in a lot of... Um, like places, spaces within the Jewish communities, it's pretty normalized to see um, a psychiatrist or a psychoanalyst. Um, so,
0: yeah. Yeah. The, I, the, the joke wasn't, I'm seeing an analyst. It was, I'm seeing an analyst is the setup, and then something completely different is, you know, is the, the punchline. So it's like, yeah, everybody sees an analyst, but mine as blank or whatever. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. The, yeah. Yeah, I, and so, yeah, so I felt like he was, like, pretty, like, accepting of himself, um, as, like, mad in some ways. Yeah. Um, and as, like, disabled, like, he, he's constantly going on about, like, yeah, his health issues and how he gets nauseous and he doesn't want to do drugs, (laughs) um, and he, he, like, sneezes in the cocaine. The cocaine, ha, 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 ha,
0: sneezes in the cocaine,
1: yeah, I, I think it's, like, I, I think it was just refreshing. Like, he, it's not medicalized at all, um, any of these issues.
0: Yeah, 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 he's just, that's what he does, shrug.
1: <laughs> yeah. Um, and I felt, like, possibly because it was, like, part of his Jewish identity. Like, at, mm. at one point, he's, so Annie Hall isn't Jewish. Um yes. yes. And he, like... Yeah, he when he like has dinner with her family, he's like, oh, they're they're so healthy. I'm like, my family, like, so this is yeah. weird. <laughs> he yeah, like, he says
0: they're, they're they're so American. They look like they've never been sick in their lives. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, and he like very much sees his family as like not healthy. He's, he doesn't say the word disabled, but uh, not as able bodied. And
0: yeah, that like they they showed Annie's Annie Hall's family in this. Beautiful, sunlit room, right? It's it's it with clean white lines and very sparse decoration, and whatever. And then, and like this is this is when they do the, uh, the the split screen thing where the two families are like arguing with each other. So it's Annie Hall's family sitting in nice, sitting upright in nice chairs and very quietly asking each other about how the boat is, or whatever. And then you cut to his family, <laughs> in like kind of a cramped I wouldn't call it dingy but it was definitely like warm like earth tones kind of thing and, mm-hmm. and like you know it looked like you know lit by a single light bulb and they're all kind of in this little indoor room all talking over each other and like and you know, just passing you know just constantly just passing food around reaching over each other and grabbing things and yeah it was such a yeah it was, a, it was but it wasn't presented as bad it wasn't like oh my poor, dirty family or whatever. It was, like, it was almost warmer. It was, was like, warmer and more human, almost.
1: Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I I thought that was a really good comparison.
0: Yeah, yeah, that his... His Jewish identity is not this, like, those people that it is. It's like, what? We're we're different, so what?
1: (laughs) Yeah, Uh uh-huh. I felt like... Yeah, he was, like, really comfortable with his Jewishness. Yes, yes. Yeah. Um, And, yeah, I think, like, as a result, just, like, really comfortable with, like, his madness or his disabledness. Like, it's just, like, all tied up together, I think. Um, I mean, yeah, he, like, comes on screen and, like, tells a Jewish joke and then follows it with, like, yeah, that's how I feel about life. I'm depressed. I'm neurotic. Like, this is me. And... Yeah. yeah. So it's secretly a Mad Pride film, basically. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Just a tiny little bit. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what do you think, Annie? If, if there was this hall, if if we had this exact movie, from Annie Hall's perspective, same. Actually, maybe not. Maybe not the same events, because the choice of the events also.
2: Mhm. Uh.
0: Yeah. Also structures the narrative, but like if we had the same. I don't know, a life story told from her perspective, what do you think it would look like? Hmm. Or, like, what would... What would she think of him, and what would she think of herself?
1: Hmm. I don't know. That's a really good question.
0: Because, <laughs> like, this is such a, like, his movie.
1: Yeah. It is, um... Yeah, the first thing that, like, popped into my head was just that there would be more music.
0: Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, I can get that. Because
1: she's a singer.
0: Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. One of the first things that struck me about this film is that there's, like, there's not a lot of music. Um, Wow.
0: Just to yeah. I didn't notice that until you said it, but you're right. Yeah. It feels very, like, sparse. Yeah. And empty. It, like... A lot of the shots are just very static. Like, they just set up the wide shot and have the two characters argue in it. Like, it's very... Like, it'll it'll be a beautiful, well-framed shot, and they'll just sit on it for a minute and a half.
1: Yeah. I mean, it reminds me of a play in a lot of ways. Hmm. Just having a playwriting background. I feel like this is similar to how one would go about writing a play. But... Yeah. I don't know. Um, But, yeah. I think it would have more music and maybe be more movie
0: like I don't know okay yeah yeah Yeah. I can see that yeah I don't know I think like one of the few sequences that I think was almost like her perspective Mm -hmm. was there's like she's at one point she's like they have what I guess an open relationship. I don't really understand where what they exactly they yeah, were. Yeah, yeah, I
1: think. But
0: so. e- either way, they're like living together, right? I but think so. They're living together, but she's also he. He keeps telling her that she needs to go take some adult learning classes. Go to the, go to the local community college and just go take some classes. Mm-hmm. Just go learn something. It'll be good for you. Whatever you know, adult learning is a, is a wonderful thing and should be encouraged and whatever. And then she says she's seeing the professor, and it cuts to. And it cuts immediately to him yelling like, "Adult learning is stupid. Why would you ever do this? I know you're see si- I know you're just doing this for him." And I think like that montage. I think I think that I don't know whatever juxtaposition. It's not a montage, I guess, but just that. I feel like that was very uh-huh. much kind of her experience of him. Yeah, I guess. Yeah,
1: absolutely.
0: Just very. That he clearly, I don't know. I feel like he was very bad at articulating what he wants slash needs.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: And that she just felt like she was constantly getting whiplashed around. Yeah. And yeah.
1: Absolutely. Yeah, I think um, she talks a lot about like his fear of commitment Mm -hmm. and stuff. Um, Yeah, which. Okay, so I I want to talk about whether she is a manic pixie dream girl or not. Yeah. Um, I found it really refreshing um, that, yeah, that, like, she was not this object of pursuit. Um, she, mm-hmm. I mean, toward them, but, like, she was the one pursuing him at the beginning. Mm-hmm. Um, she was the one who wanted to move in. Mm-hmm. Um, she was the one who uh yeah who like wanted this like commitment and he didn't mm-hmm. and i i found that realistic um in terms of the way like men and women are socialized unfortunately um and yeah i just um and i i found it just like refreshing to see like a woman have like her own wants and desires in terms of the relationship i feel like yeah, the normal yeah. rom-com formula right now is just you know, it was like we talked about in Groundhog Day, where mm-hmm. the woman is something that you pursue day after day until she finally grants you her affection. Yep. Um,
0: and then nothing ever changes after that. Once she likes you and you like her, then that's it. That's all the development is necessary. <laughs> Congratulations, you, you did it. You
1: finally win her over. Yeah. Um, Put a
0: ring on that shit.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. So, I, like, I really liked that she, like, had agency. Yeah. And I thought she was, like, a little bit mad. I, and I, f- I felt like she was, like, legitimately mad. Not, like... I didn't... Yeah, I felt like she... They did a good job. Not a good enough job, but, like, a pretty good job breaking her away from Manic Pixie Dream Girl. Which, like, Manic Pixie Dream Girl, I feel like, is, is like, quirky and like, a laughable and funny and cute way. Um, and always oh, very hot. <laughs> and um, very cool. And, like not actually mad, not actually emotional, not actually ever dependent on you in any way that feels uncomfortable. Um, doesn't have any needs of her own, just is there to serve the man. Yeah. And I, I feel like they, like, really broke her away from that, and she's, like, actually, like, mad or, you know, whatever. She, like, actually has needs and actually, like, has insecurities and dependencies. And-
0: yeah, and when those, and when those aren't fulfilled, she... Breaks up with him. Yeah, and leaves.
1: Yeah, totally.
0: And yeah, she has. Yeah, she starts the relationship. She ends the relationship. Mm-hmm. This is this is. Yeah. Yes, she has agency. She has power. She's trying to steer this ship.
1: Yeah, yeah, I like that so much. Yeah, um, I have. I have, like, a few notes, I think, on her madness or whatever.
0: Yeah, make the case for this. I'm so curious because I didn't read her as mad.
1: Um, yeah, I mean, unfortunately, I, I feel like every woman who, like, has needs or, like, pursues the man is read as mad. Um, maybe Or Diane, is painted as mad. Yeah, maybe Diane Keaton, like, gets away with it more because she's hot, but... <laughs> um, <laughs> I also feel like they weren't, like, over-sexualizing her, though. Like, she was definitely hot, and she was, like, hotter than Woody Allen. Like, Woody Allen doesn't have to be attractive, but, like... But they
0: also had her wearing big, stupid, baggy pants, and, again, they had her in a lot of wide shots where it doesn't...
1: Okay, first of all, I just want to say I love how she dresses. Really? Yeah, like, can that be mad fashion? So I've been, like, thinking a lot about mad fashion and, like, can you have, like, mad clothing? Is that, like, a thing? And, like... I want mad fashion to be like how she dresses. I love how she dresses. Pants
0: that are like 10 sizes too big that are then hemmed in just at the waistline. So you have these big flapping (laughs) tents around your, around your legs, but it looks comfortable. Yeah.
1: (laughs) So, like, I feel like most of the time when I look at someone's fashion and it, like, looks really good and I'm like, oh, I like that. Yeah,
0: you would never wear that for more than 30 minutes Yeah, because
1: it looks so uncomfortable. And I'm like, what am I going to do? Like, I'm going to be so stressed all the time about messing this up. I'm not going to be able to, like, move around in my chair in class. It's awful. Because, yeah, like, no, I'm not doing that. But then I looked at her and I was like, huh. I like how she's dressing. It's very intentional. It's like she, like, has a style, and it's, like, it looks kind of, like, mad, <laughs> and it looks comfortable. So, I don't know. So, first of all, any
0: any, like, any potential fashion designers out there, take note. You, you've, got a, yeah. a <laughs> you've got a market <laughs> you waiting. You've got a market waiting for you. I
1: think that was, like, in fashion, though, um, mm. for a little bit after the movie came out. Yeah, that's not, a bummer. <laughs> I'm gonna dress like that, you're gonna have to deal with it.
0: <laughs> ooh, ooh.
1: Um, anyways. Okay. Um so I just found things that like maybe they're like a little bit like coded as mad. Okay. Um so yeah, she she takes value. Um
0: so Was that her or was that one of the exes?
1: No, that was her. Oh. Yeah. I think.
0: I thought that was one of the exes.
1: Okay, maybe. I'll also look into that. Um, Because
0: she always smokes pot. That's her thing, or grass. That's true. That's she's always.
1: That's true. Smokes grass to calm
0: down. It doesn't. I. Yeah. I think the Valium was someone else.
1: Okay, potentially, yeah. Um, she can't drive. Um, Yeah. She like drives pretty madly. No, I think it's
0: important that that she thinks she can drive. True. That Woody Allen doesn't think he can drive, and so he doesn't drive. Yeah. She thinks she can drive, and she's just swerving in and out of traffic and, like, constantly taking her eyes off her. like, hold on, I think I have some gum back here, <laughs> and he's like, just, you focus on that, I'll find the gum. No, 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 hold on, it's right behind the, and then, you know, and then cars are honking, and traffic is swerving and everywhere, and, yeah. She thinks she can drive.
1: Yeah. Um... Yeah, and then I I feel like I don't know, she kind of pursues him at the beginning. Mm-hmm. Um but yeah, like I, I do feel like in our society it's like oh, a woman pursuing a man, like that's you know, that's bad. In um, a
0: very awkward kind of yeah, way. Yeah. Where she she keeps tripping over herself and saying, you know, saying, you know, whatever embarrassing things and then being embarrassed and then almost leaving and then as soon as he, he's like, well, uh, do you need a ride? And she, like, stops mid-step and, like, her whole face lights up. She's like, what? Yeah, that's great. Oh, my God. You know? <laughs> <laughs> and then, you know, and then says something stupid. And then he, and then he's like, whatever. And then he, like, calls her on saying something. And then she's like, Bleh. and then she's all flustered. And then he expresses interest to in her. And she, like, lights up. She's like, oh, my God, yeah. And then she's embarrassed. And then she's like, oh, my
1: God. <laughs> yeah. So... Yeah. Okay. I think a little bit. Having
0: said that out loud, yeah. Just a little little bit.
1: Yeah. Oh, and then she, like, calls him to, like, kill a spider. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. It's an emergency. Yeah. It's It's an emergency. Yeah. Like, I don't know. It's a little mad. It's a little dependent, maybe.
0: Mm, Okay.
1: (laughs) I feel, like, in terms of, like, how it's constructed, I'm not saying I agree that that's, like, bad or something. I'm just saying, like... Yeah, how okay. how it's like seen in society. I don't know. Um yeah, but did did you feel like she was more of a manic pixie dream girl? No,
0: no. Not I I mean only in the broadest sense that I don't know. I I I I really I think manic pixie dream girl is so overdefined. So like mm-hmm. broadly defined. Like this is a constant like yeah. I don't know whatever. Bitter battle mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah That
0: like I don't even I can't even quite Keep it straight In my head anymore Um Where I'm like Does this count? This doesn't feel like It should count But maybe it counts But just in the sense That she's sort of Well the quirky Fun loving Attractive girl That somehow falls in love With the schlep And like And like
2: mm-hmm. And just
0: Uh I don't know Just As far as that goes uh, Um but that's not really the definition of a manic pixie dream girl. That's just the definition of like a movie plot. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I can see how that's yeah. It's a little bit manic pixie dream girl. I just yeah. I felt like she had more agency, I guess. Yeah. Um,
0: no, and you're right. You're you're absolutely right that the agency is what sets it apart.
1: Yeah. That they
0: actually she has a character, I don't know, arc and needs and wants and power in the relationship, and. And, yeah, an agency.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I also, um, and I don't know if this has anything to do with whether or not she's a manic pixie dream girl or if this is, like, necessarily not common in movies. But I I love that she can, like, be her own person without having to pursue, like, monetary or Mm. capitalist-type goals. Like, I feel like Mm. the way, like, a lot of contemporary romantic comedies are going is that, like... Oh, yeah, this woman, like, she's so successful. Like, yes, like, we have a female lead who's like a businesswoman, and like, or, um, there was, I, I know, Crazy Rich Asians, which mm-hmm. we recently saw. Um, mm-hmm.
0: I some, think I know where this is going. Yeah,
1: Mindy Calling, um, like, tweeted out, I think, I think it was Mindy Calling, um, like, yes, we have a woman in a romantic comedy who's a lead who's, um, who's an economics professor at, um, at NYU, like, yes, like, for successful women, no more bake, you know, cupcake baker, bake shop owner, whatever. Um, and, like, yeah, like, she can finally, like, be her own person. Um, Crazy Rich Asians is a totally capitalist movie. Oh, my God. Um, I am extremely happy that Asians are being represented in film, um... And also, (laughs) I hope we have fewer movies that... like reify capitalist goals in such like an intense way Um, in the future
0: (laughs) yeah yeah yeah
1: but anyways yeah I I think like there's this narrative that like oh if you want like strong women who have agency who are their own persons with their own needs and desires then like they must succeed like in the capitalist system and yeah they need to go to adult education classes and get really (laughs) smart and be economics professors and no more bakers my guy. that's <laughs> what a nasty I don't want to be I'm a woman I don't want to be associated with a baker like
0: like isn't that the whole like Hillary Clinton quote yes. thing yeah well I could have stayed home and uh, made cookies but I uh, chose to go out and work
1: yeah it's so disgusting <laughs> like that's
0: that's everything in yeah. one
1: and like Diane Keaton Annie Hall like absolutely does work and I'm not saying that like She doesn't. um, That singing isn't, like, extremely hard work. But it's, yeah, it's... um, She doesn't have to attain agency and attain, like, value or be seen as a strong woman or whatever, like, through succeeding in something that's, like, seen as... In
0: business.
1: Yeah, in business or in something, like, monetizable or in something that's, like, constructed as intelligent. Like, no, she's still very much an artist and the trouble in their relationship is that Woody Allen doesn't see her as smart or whatever. Yeah. Um, yeah. But like, she's still her own person. She doesn't have to be this like traditional meet, this traditional definition of education yeah. in order to succeed or in order to yeah, have her own desires.
0: Yeah. And I think it's important that Woody Allen doesn't see her as smart. I, at least my is, and he doesn't see her as smart because she's not nearly as depressed as he is. Mm. That he's constantly like, but look at all these things going wrong in the world. And she's like, don't you want to go to this party? And he's like, no, there's people dying. <laughs> there's people dying in Africa. Why would I want to go to this party? You should take some college classes, by the way. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, I think that's really accurate. That's interesting. I didn't, like, think about that in that way, but yeah. Um.
0: Yeah, and, and I I I think she's almost like I don't know, taking the power back from that a little bit. Like screw you, I don't need your college classes. I'm just
1: <laughs> Right.
0: Like I don't need to be I don't, I don't need to be what you need me. To be. Like that's that's part of her like whatever regaining of Yeah. Uh, I don't know whatever. Mhm. Just um like what whatever control or self Power I'm struggling for the word. What am I trying to say?
1: Yeah, a- agency or. Whatever. agency yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I think also, yeah, there's this like one point where she says, like, I don't think you like emotions very much or mm. something. yeah. so like yeah. yeah, even though he's so depressed and he sees all that's going wrong in the world, he still and that that is knowledge that he has. like he still interprets that as like. You know, almost like being like, yeah, being like book smart and like, you need to go to like these classes and learn about this as opposed to maybe like sharing his emotions or seeing like maybe this is something you can also learn about through singing, which is like more emotional. Yeah. Um,
0: I think he approaches the same way he approaches the universe being mm, pulled apart. mm -hmm. Like, I think that's so key, right? Mm -hmm. That that The universe is going to be pulled apart in 5 billion years. Uh, and that just, that's not human struggle for him. That's not, look at all the, you know, look at all the people, look at you look at how sad that is. He's just like, well then what's the point?
1: Right. Yeah.
0: Yeah, and I think that's how he approaches everything. Mm-hmm. It's so sad. Why do I bother?
1: hmm Yeah. But, yeah, but I... I it's interesting, because, yeah, I, I think, like, it's worth being critical of that approach, but I also like that he kind of embraces it as, like, part of him, and, yeah. like, it's sort of his madness, and that's... Yeah. Okay. Um Yeah, and I, I think also, like, through the lens of, like, Jewishness, um, as this kind of, yeah, like depression or pessimism Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. if you look at it that way it's like well yeah there's some valid reasons to be like pretty (laughs) pessimistic about the world Um, yeah 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 um so i did want to bring in quickly um it struck me while i was watching this just how Mm -hmm. similar it is to when harry met sally Mm
0: -hmm. yeah Um, down to song choice and everything.
1: Yeah, I think if it, it had to be you is also in When yeah. Harry Met Sally.
0: I, I'm pretty sure.
1: Yeah, I should look that up after, but yeah. Um,
0: <laughs> Dude, I if th- it's not, oof. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. No, but I mean, I think When Harry Met Sally is, like, is really, like, a tribute in some ways to, like, Annie Hall. So, like, yeah, like, Harry is this, like, extremely, like, depressed person, very cynical, um... Sally is is also this kind of, like, neurotic, like, a little bit neurotic, but also more positive and kind of, I think, pulls him out of his shell in some ways. Um,
0: and they both have the, like, oh, you're not from this city, are you?
1: Mm-hmm. Kind
0: of thing where they're both, like, both anti- and Sally are both kind of like small town girls, and he's like, oh, he's from the city. he's seen yeah. it all. just trust me you'll you'll get disillusioned someday too. just just wait
1: mm-hmm yeah, um I just like lo- did this quick Google search to see if anyone had made a comparison um right after we finished, mm-hmm. and it, there was one article called like how nora when Harry met Sally, how Nora Ephron brought Annie Hall to the masses mm-hmm. um." And so I just started thinking about, like, whether when Harry met Sally is appropriation in any way. Mm. Um, And whether when Harry met Sally is, like... I I kept thinking, man, it's like Annie Hall, but without the Jewishness and without the Mm. madness. Like, Harry's a little bit mad. He is. Like, he's, like, very depressed. And Mm -hmm. he kind of talks about death. But, like, not really. Like
0: he has a couple scenes he has a couple scenes with that and then it's sort of like left behind
1: yeah it's he's not he's definitely in no way shape or form nearly as mad or neurotic Mm -hmm. as Mm -hmm. Woody Allen um and yeah and same with Meg Ryan and Diane Keaton like i, I think mm-hmm. i think in a lot of ways like Meg Ryan is like Annie Hall light she's like a little bit neurotic like the most neurotic thing she does i think is she her orders at restaurants she's like i'm going to have the salad with the dressing on the side mixed in with a little bit of tomatoes you you know like yeah
0: very very particular
1: yeah like ver- these very long orders and that's like the most neurotic thing she does, but then you 're supposed to like oh, but
0: she has but she has her vHs tapes alphabetized oh, right didn 't she don 't you understand she alphabetizes her tapes
1: yeah, her neuroticness though is like cute. i don 't know it's yeah it 's very cute it 's very like and it 's very tied i think to like her being like organized and neat and like smart she's she 's very yeah. smart yeah. she's a journalist she 's like successful. Um, it's different than Annie Hall, I think. Um, I mean, although I I do like that in When Harry Met Sally, like, Meg Ryan is kind of the one pursuing at various points, Mm -hmm. um, so that's cool. But, um, but yeah, but it's, I I kept feeling like, yeah, When Harry Met Sally, like, it really takes the madness out, and I, I mean, I think, like, the way it takes the madness out is through, like, completely taking the Jewishness out,
2: Mm -hmm.
1: um, I think at times I've, like, been watching When Harry Met Sally and I've been like, is Billy Crystal supposed to be read as Jewish? But I don't think he is.
0: I didn't think so. Yeah. They certainly certainly make zero mention of it. Like, they're not explicit in any way. It's never mentioned. They don't make any, whatever, foreskin jokes. They never have any Holocaust references. They certainly don't tell jokes about Jewish ladies in a diner. Like it's yeah. not it's it's very it's buried, if it is there, and it's not necessarily clear that it is.
1: Yeah, they also don't show his family or her yep. family or anything. It's not about like generational anything. It's it's not tied to culture or anything like that. It's it's a street rom com.
0: Yeah, yeah. So, yeah.
1: yeah, yeah. I I found that interesting.
0: I almost wonder if you could read Harry Met Sally as. Like a a fanfic version of, <laughs> of Annie Hall. Where it's like, oh, I like Annie Hall. I just, ooh. I wonder if, what if, what if we could like, like, because when Harry Met Sally, right, it's sort of told in like, almost in, like waves of interaction where like, mm-hmm. they meet, they have two or three scenes together. They don't see each other for five years. Cut to five years later, now, they're, now they have different haircuts and they're doing this. Cut mm-hmm. to five years later, now they have different haircuts and they're, they meet somewhere else. And then, now they're at a bookstore five years after that. Mm-hmm. And I think the, the movie almost wants to tell like the Annie Hall story in the first like wave. Like in the first wave or two where Billy Crystal mm-hmm. is still depressed and talking about death. And death is very important. It's an important topic. Mm -hmm. And then he sort of that she talks him out of that by the end of the first act and like, oh, where would they go after that?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. I don't know.
0: That's just a, a thought. I don't know if it's in any way valid.
1: Yeah, no, I think so. That got me thinking that, like, is the key difference between Annie Hall and other romantic comedies that, like, In Annie Hall, like, she doesn't talk him out of his madness. She does not talk him (laughs) out of his neuroticism. She does not talk him out of his Jewishness. He remains the same person. And, like, they grow as a result of one another, but they don't...
0: Change each other fundamentally.
1: Yeah. And, like, yeah, then these other romantic comedies come along. You really see it with Groundhog Day, right? Where, Mm -hmm. like, romance is presented almost as, like, a cure Mm -hmm. to madness as a cure to being depressed or cynical or pessimistic.
0: Fast forward another couple of years to Silver Lining's playbook. Oh, God. <laughs> oh my gosh. That is, that is, that is too much bad to get into right now.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I actually probably could like deal with it. Like I, I kind of, I think I kind of like it. It's just, I, I think I just can't get over the way they portray like the therapist, like The therapist is, like, so unethical and then they, like, glorify that and the way they portray, like, the institution and the way his madness is funny. Yeah, we we won't get into it. But, like, (laughs) I could handle the basic plot, but...
0: Yeah. (laughs) It's... yeah.
1: (laughs) And I'm also okay with the idea that romance can, like, cure... I don't know if cure, but, like, impact madness. That, like, people can feel... Sad and like life is shitty, and then like, and I think like Annie Hall ends up a little bit saying that too. Like, the last line is like, like romance is relationships are rational, crazy, absurd, but like we need them. Um, yeah, and like, I think like you can say that, like, yeah, life can feel extremely shitty because it is because your people have been through <laughs> massive amounts of oppression and capitalism is present and you know all the terrible things death we're gonna like die and all these terrible things but like okay like relationships can add a little bit of good to your life and that can help and so so I'm not like totally against that narrative like I think it was done really well in Groundhog Day it's just um I also really like that in Annie Hall it's not this like be all end all like yeah yeah so is it time to address the elephant in the room
0: what elephant? I don't I don't see one. <laughs> oh you mean Woody Allen.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Oh. He's a small elephant.
1: <laughs> He's a little tiny Jewish elephant.
0: <laughs> <laughs> tiny neurotic <laughs> elephant over there in the corner mumbling to himself about JFK. <laughs> um
1: Yeah. So I don't know. I felt I felt kind of uncomfortable, like when we first I think mentioned briefly the idea of doing any haul. I was like, <laughs> no. <laughs>
0: yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's like, it, so good. <laughs> it is like I. I don't know. Like honestly, my like like I was yeah similarly uncomfortable. Sort of like. Like you know you know this is kind of like a little bit a little bit of, little bit of a hot I don't think. I mean, I think Woody Allen gets is getting somewhat of a break right now, just because everyone's angry at Harvey Weinstein instead.
2: Mm-hmm. But yeah,
0: that it is still kind of a hotbed, and it's you. It's hard to you know. There's constantly this discussion about you know does the art live? Mm-hmm. Can the art be separate from the artist? And so I was like, "Oh, okay. So if we if we commit to this, we're gonna have to, you know, have this conversation, and and then just watching the movie. Like, I don't know. I totally just forgot. Like, it's so good, it's so good that I like completely just got sucked away from all the mm-hmm. the drama and the whatever and the 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 controversy and the what did he do in real life? What did, what did he do in real life? I, I don't know. It's a good movie. It's it's Annie Hall." Mm-hmm. <laughs>
1: Yeah, um, I don't know, yeah, I, I think I, yeah, I struggled with it, like, ethically, you know, like, Mm -hmm. we purchased the film, right, so we're, like, supporting him. Yeah, we should have torrented. Yeah.
0: (laughs) I don't encourage that, it's illegal. (laughs) But even
1: so, so we're, like, putting it on the podcast and, like, giving it a platform, and, Mm -hmm. um, so in some ways, like, encouraging people to watch it.
0: Um, Oh, that's a good point. And
1: just, yeah, just, like, talking about this work, like, praising it, valorizing it. Um, And so I think I struggle with, like, is that okay to do? Is that ethical? Um, And I'm just, like, firmly, resolutely in the place of I don't know. (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> <laughs> usually sentences says the start with firmly and resolutely don't end with eh.
1: <laughs> I always like tell people I'm like firmly I'm a devout agnostic so, <laughs> so yeah I am like devoutly I don't know about this um, but I think it's a really important and also just like totally fascinating and relevant discussion to have so um so, like...
0: So, let's discuss. So, let's discuss, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I want so hard to be able to believe that the art can stand apart from the artist or that it can at least be interpreted sort of the way that we, when we watch uh, Birth of a Nation, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that we, we always, when we watch... Uh, so... I don't know if everybody knows what this is. Birth of a Nation is a film in like the 1920s um, that essentially tells the story of Reconstruction in the South from the perspective of the poor, those poor white people who suffer under the the newly freed black idiots, whatever. That they they the the black people are freed and they ruin everything, and they they destroy our government, and they're all. monkey-brained lunatics who rape and plunder and whatever and so the and so our brave heroes form the Ku Klux Klan and drive those dirty black people back to where they belong and put them in their place and who rise and the Klan great and the but it's still an important film in like the history of filmmaking and it was like pioneering and revolutionary in a lot of the way that it was done Mm
2: -hmm. and
0: constructed and the the time period that it existed in, but it's so racist. Mm -hmm. It's so racist. And so it's always framed very much in this, you know, sort of way of like, (sighs) brace yourselves. This is going to be really racist, but like this is the context it was this is the context around it this is and this is why it matters and this is why we're watching it anyways so just you've been warned here's the film yeah and I yeah I don't know I don't know, I know it's a lot messier with I don't know with someone that's still alive and you know you're not still supporting D.W. Griffith's
1: Ray. the director
0: of that. He's, he's dead.
1: Although you you kind of are, though, aren't you? Okay. Yeah, I mean, you're still, like, praising and supporting his work and showing it as part of the curriculum. Um,
0: Fair, yeah.
1: Yeah. I, I don't know. You could also maybe argue that, like, any time given to him is time taken away from, like, black directors or minority directors or just ethical directors yeah yeah quote-unquote you know no one is completely ethical I think that's (laughs) another thing that like I want to keep remembering in this discussion is like yeah but um
0: yeah yeah and so it's it's hard like I I want I want because it's such a good movie it's such a good movie that I want to find ways to make it okay
1: right I think I'm, like, more comfortable <laughs> being in the space of, like, something can be a good movie and also, like, not be okay. I don't know. Um, I, like... This is a very extreme example. Okay. Um And I don't really know where the current scientific opinion on this is or research ethics opinion. But mm. um, I always, like, think about this. But, like, the... Um, Uh, results of the Nazi experiments during the Holocaust. Mm. I think from what I understand, there's a lot of debate within the scientific community about whether or not to use those results because Mm. um, on one hand, it's like they are quote-unquote good Data or informative
0: data. They were, they were performed very rigorously and scientifically, and their methodology was sound. <laughs>
1: yeah, or something. Yeah, something like, or they, they could just inform, you know, future and um, science, and potentially be used to like save lives instead of like kill people. And so, people will say, oh, like, um, it, you know, so those victims or didn't die in vain. Or yeah, so they,
0: it's the it's the ultimate joke, using using the Nazis. Murder Mm -hmm.
1: to like save thousands of lives. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So that's like the one thing. But then, you know, the other, like, the, the, like, yeah, rebuttal to that is, but wouldn't that, you know, um, support this idea that the, you can gather evidence and use evidence based on these like horrifically unethical um experiments that so this was
0: justified that this was worth it somehow yeah
1: yeah um and so yeah I've, I've also I, I think most scientists I would guess are in the like firm I don't know camp um, <laughs> and I think the only people who really should have an opinion on that probably are the victims um of those experiments uh, or, or well they're families, I Yeah. Guess. Um, yeah. Which I, I think I am, like, an ex- extended family member, but huh. uh, very extended, so... Very, yeah.
0: <laughs> Distant <laughs> enough that it doesn't feel like yeah. my grandmother. <laughs> yeah, no.
1: Um, so, I don't know. Yeah, I, I think I think it's more complicated than just, like, saying that anything could ever, like, stand alone or stand apart from all of the ethics that go into it. Yeah. Um. And like I think, *Birth of a Nation*, from my understanding, didn't it lead to like a black person like being like lynched on the street or something? Or a, a-
0: black person it led to the revival of the Ku Klux Klan that lasted for twenty years.
1: Oh, that was this, like the this,
0: this film revived the Klan.
1: The film that did the- this wow. is the film. Okay. This
0: this created like an upswell of popular support. <laughs> Their numbers like tripled in the in the few years. I don't know the exact numbers. They're they're, but yeah, their their attendance shot up. That this this very much presented them as heroes, and everybody bought it and said, "Wow, cool! I should go sign up." And
1: that's horrifying.
0: It is. Do
1: you think art ever like incites people to do something, good like that? That like <laughs> that level that, of fervor. Yeah. To do, like I. Nice. Well, they did just, think
0: they were doing something good.
1: <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> um, <laughs> like I. Why can't
0: I, anything be simple?
1: <laughs> like I know that. Like, and I always I, I want to like talk about one flew over the cuckoo's nest. Obviously, that's where I'm going next. But, um, the movie. I want to talk about the book, but. The movie mm-hmm. did incite people against ECT, against, like, horrific, like, forced ECT. Yeah. Um, and, I, like, that's... So that's positive. But, yeah, I don't think it was anywhere near that fervor. I do not think there <laughs> were, like, groups started to, like, violently, like, take down institutions who were doing... Like, why can't that be a thing? Like, shouldn't that... Start like let's let's do that you know like not maybe not like violent I don't know maybe violently but but just you know like organize that much and be like let's get in these streets and like protest C C T like yeah I don't know like yeah so I don't know so yeah so but anyways yeah I feel like the history <laughs> of like Birth of a Nation can't be like fully separated but at the same time yeah I would never say that like you shouldn't study Birth of a Nation at least as a way to say, like, this is really important historically, and it's, like, a horrific thing, but this this shaped history, and this is part of our shameful history as Americans, and we have to acknowledge this, like... Yeah. So, yeah, but that's, that's still different than studying it in the context of film, and, like, what can we learn from this as a film? So I don't know.
0: Mm, yeah. Yeah.
1: Like, I think, like people read Mein Kampf, and, you know, that's very much a thing, and it's it's important to understand, like, what were the ideas that led to this, like, genocide. And people read it, but it's never, like, this fine piece of literature mm-hmm, can teach us mm-hmm. a lot about storytelling. So, I don't know. Um, so, yeah, and, and then it's, it's complicated with Woody Allen because... I think the film itself is not necessarily so oppressive, you know, I I think it's, like, a bit different, like, the artist, um, is a perpetrator, um, or we have reason to believe he is, you know, so it's... Like, and that's in his own life and everything, like, and and that's a bit more separate, but there's still, you know, it can't fully be separated. Nothing exists without a context, so.
0: Yeah, yeah, and, uh, and especially in something that's so uh, intrinsically of, you know, this film is Woody, it's a Woody Allen mm-hmm, film. Yes. This is written by, right. directed by, produced by. Starring Woody Allen mm-hmm. like whatever is in his head is going to manifest itself yeah on screen like it's that's part of his part of him and and that's you know that's gonna bleed through somewhere and the question is where and like so yeah you're right you can never take that context away because that context in a lot of ways probably informs the specifics of the films and like the things that preoccupy him
1: mhm Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's very true to you. If he was, like, one actor in the film, not a main character or something, that would also be relatively different than, like, him being, like, the star. Like, his name on it, like, this is, like, one of his staple films.
0: Yeah. Yeah, sort of that. like there was a film recently starring Kevin Spacey that made $15 Mm -hmm. in its first week at the box office. But it was... It was a film... It was, like, co-starring Kevin Spacey, and it was, like... I'm trying to... Remember. I, I want to say it was, like, Joss Whedon film. Like, it was... And this is the thing. is like, yeah, that's not explicitly... Yeah, that's a very different case where that's not, you know, of the mind of Kevin Spacey, right? That's It's, it's mm-hmm. such a different case, and I almost feel bad for everyone else that made that film.
1: Mm-hmm. I don't
0: know. Yeah, the... the I don't know. Yeah. That we, I don't know, paint with a very broad brush. We paint with a very broad brush sometimes.
1: We do, yeah. Yeah, um, so then, yeah, I don't know, and I, I think I think it just, it's really, it is just a really complicated issue, because then I think, um... There is, like, so I want to get back to One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. Yeah, sorry, I'm totally
0: (laughs) derailing us.
1: No, no, not at all. That's, like, a really important point. Um, Yeah, I think One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest, um, like, the book has some serious sexism. Um, Yes. Like, I think uh, Jack Nicholson, or (laughs) he's not Jack Nicholson (laughs) in the book. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Mick murphy um mm-hmm. like exerts his revenge upon the psychiatric institution through like raping um the ch- the head nurse nurse rattchett um mm-hmm. and then
0: well uh, yeah, and not to mention like it's almost it almost feels cartoonish in this day and age, yeah. but like one of the first lines is like those black boys came right. around again, mm-hmm. and it's like clear that like um the character what Chief, I guess, is he's everything is sorta of told through this like hazy metaphor, like like he's not really like he's describing the world through like feeling and not like literally as like there were two gray walls and then this mm-hmm. happened and that happened he's going, the fog creeps mm-hmm. in and so he keeps saying them black boys came around the corner again and I'm thinking, ah, they have pitch black souls they are the evil nope nope he's literally just okay
1: (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah it's I and I I don't know I can't really make this judgment call but I I sometimes feel like the racism is a bit more complicated because the main character is um I guess indigenous or I don't know how he I think he might identify or call himself Indian or I, I don't know um
0: yeah. how he's referred
1: to, by indigenous and, or it, native
0: American or yeah, or whatever. Yeah.
1: It does go into the history of oppression and how that shapes mm-hmm. his madness. And yes.
0: Yes. Yes. Like, yes.
1: Yeah. It, and it, it does this incredible job, um, of that. And that's one of the things I like, I love so much about the book is that, um, like there is this long history of institutionalization of indigenous peoples and that we just flat out ignore in like all of our curricula Mm. all of our history classes like people don't know that like we sent children to like schools and like banned them from speaking their native language like really like Horrifying shit And
0: I like I knew that And I don't think I ever processed I don't think I ever processed That until just now I'm just sitting here Going like Holy shit We're terrible Yeah Yeah. Like it's just It's always told Sort of this detached Kind of And then Andrew Jackson Sent them down The trail (laughs) of tears Many died (laughs) <laughs> yeah, it's, like, covered
1: very briefly, like, one or two sentences, I feel like. and then, then, the like, c-
0: on. then, this after the Trail of Tears, we had the Civil War. No, after the Trail of Tears, then we invaded Mexico and killed millions of their <laughs> citizens and annexed the Southwest. Then we had the Civil War. Yeah. Let's talk about Gettysburg. Let's talk about individual commanders. Let's talk about mm-hmm. the Battle of Such and mm-hmm. Such. Mm-hmm. Let's...
1: yeah. Yeah, it's, yeah, I don't know. I think, like, that part of history, like, is totally left out. Um, There was this incredible presentation at the Hearing Voices Congress, um, not this past year, but, like, a year ago, on Uh the psychiatrization of Indigenous peoples and, Hmm. like, how, um, yeah, just how... Their culture was almost like constructed as madness, and that was like mm. taken away from them. Just yeah, this like horrific violence. Um, so I, I just really loved that like one flew over the cuckoo's nest. Like goes into that, and that it's read in the literature in English classes sometimes, or in college. And okay, great, people are being exposed to this history. Um, and then there's also a nurse who like kind of helps them out, who's mm-hmm. Japanese American, um, or maybe Japanese. I don't know. Mm. Um. But I don't know if he, like, actually explicitly mentions it, but he's alluding to the fact that, like, Japanese people are also being marginalized during this time period. They're that also—they've experienced very recently um, being sent to internment camps. Another part of history that we just, like— Skim right over. Yeah, and, like, that he's, like, drawing attention to, I feel like, that I'm grateful for. Um... And then obviously drawing attention to the oppression of mad people, which we talk absolutely zero percent about, mm-hmm. um, maybe negative about because we see psychiatry is so positive um, yeah. in any history class, in any science class like ever. Um, so it's just, you know, so so I do feel like very thankful for this book and it, it did get people to care. The movie got people really to care about ECT thanks to mm-hmm. Jack Nicholson's incredible performance. Um, but yeah, but, but the, the sexism and yeah, and the racism, the like anti-black racism specifically, I think, um, yeah. is like very intense. Um, and so yeah, I, I think say,
0: yeah
1: so. that's that to me is worth bringing up because I think it's a clearer example of like something that we should read anyways and something that should be taught and should be discussed. Um,
0: but also needs to very much be acknowledged.
1: Yeah. So it's not always so clear, like, that whether someone is a perpetrator or not, or whether someone is, like, I I think we really like to categorize artists as, like, bad person or good person. Like, oh, this artist is bad. We don't read any of his work. This artist is good. We like him. He's great. And, like, I think there are examples where it's a lot Mm -hmm. more complicated than that. and. I think Um, most
0: people are more complicated than that.
1: Right. Like, no one is completely ethical. Everybody screws up. Like, that is being human. That is living under capitalism where you have to, like, sell your work. And so you're going to have to make some compromises (laughs) or some, like, terrible compromises sometimes. Um, That's, like, that's, I think, what it means. And so I think where is the line is a question that I ask a lot. And um yeah, how do we decide what's the line?
0: Yeah, and I, I don't know. I I think in a lot of ways everybody has to kind of make that line for themselves. Yeah. That I don't know like I, Orson Scott Card is my absolute favorite author. I think he's a an amazing Mhm. Uh and he has an amazing insight into the I don't know, the human soul, I guess. I think he's a very humanistic I don't know very accepting insightful person except for the fact that he's like super anti-gay people Mm -hmm. and like yeah and that that's so like colors everything in his work and I just kind of have to choose to accept that and choose to kind of like sigh a little bit and just go yep yep okay there it goes
1: right. I, yeah, th- that's the thing. Yeah, you. I think everyone has to like draw that line differently, and then like to some yeah. extent or another, like just respect each other's lines. I think. I think people like get into
0: how can how how, how dare you read that book? He's a what a racist,
1: right? But then also like. You know, how dare you not read that book? Like, you're ignoring this piece of literature. You should be reading it, and, you know, you're being victim-y or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: This is important, and you can handle it. Yeah,
1: you little special snowflake. Yeah, like, I've gotten that, too. And so, yeah, I think there needs to be, like, a respect for people drawing lines in a different place and, like, acknowledgement that this is all just, like, really confusing and a really difficult process. Yes. Um yeah, and and more acknowledgement that like we all just like are terribly screwed up, <laughs> like like we are all doing things that like ho- I hope like a hundred years from now people will be like God those people did, blah 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 like yeah. how could they and so, yeah
0: that like a like, we- cuckoo's nest right like. He was not, I don't think, aware of how racist he sounded. I don't think that Mm. ever... My impression is that never crossed his mind. Mm -hmm. I think that's a prime example of, whatever, 50 years now in the future, us looking back going like, oh, man. Oh, man, you can't do that. Yeah. And, yeah, so what... Just, I don't know, a little bit of empathy for whatever people are going to think of us in 50 years.
1: Yeah, (laughs) I mean, I don't know. Like, So I, I personally think, like... (laughs) <laughs> um eating meat is like pretty horrible yep um or using wow. like cosmetics tested on animals like um that those are lives that are like unnecessarily suffering um but at the same time being vegetarian or vegan is incredibly difficult under capitalism um I, and as a disabled person, if you, like, can't cook for yourself or, um, you know, if if you struggle just to uh, get out of bed and, like, go certain places and what you have available is neat. You know, it's just, um, it can be hard. So, I yeah. don't know, like, if people are going to, like, look back and be like, well, they all ate meat. Like, we can't.
0: <laughs> what a bunch of dicks.
1: <laughs> <laughs> like, nothing they ever wrote or produced is worth reading you're talking about like and i know that's like an extreme example and you can't compare that to rape or sexual abuse i get that um and i'm not trying to but um yeah it's it's just um more complicated i think
0: everything is gray
1: yeah <laughs> maybe not like everything but but yeah like a, a lot of things um yeah so um yeah yeah hopefully um yeah, we can all just sit together in this moral grayness. Oh.
0: Just really stew in that uncomfortableness.
1: I, like, I used to have this fear that, like, I was going to hell one day and that, because mm-hmm. um, I don't, I don't believe in an afterlife, but, like, just in case. And, like, <laughs> I was, like, convinced that, like, if hell does exist then it wouldn't be like fiery burning or anything. It would be like a series of like morally gray, ethical dilemmas oh, that are god. impossible to decide to decide about that you like have to anyways. And Oh god. Yeah, and just like I was like that's hell. And then I realized that like nope, that's Earth. I'm not gonna be doing that.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you made it, congratulations, welcome.
1: <laughs> so um yeah this is hell everybody. <laughs>
0: Great note to land on Mm -hmm. Great note to land on (laughs) Like, subscribe, comment, rate, review Tell us your movies Give us more movies
1: (laughs) And um, happy high holidays To all my um, Jewish mad Or Jewish disabled friends out there Um, If uh, Or if if you want them to be happy You can also not be happy that's that's totally fine
0: so there's a lot of starving children out in the world <laughs>
1: yeah however, it's okay to be sad <laughs> however you want to observe your high holidays yeah hope it hope it goes that way for you mad love
0: bye